0: today. Dennis, often you do talk about the herb ginseng, Korean Mm. ginseng, Mm. uh, and a couple of experiences you've had recently have led you to want to revisit that topic.
1: Oh look, two very interesting and exciting events have happened with reference to this herb in most recent times, Uh, and that's what encouraged me to talk about it again today. I want to just go over this topic of seeing ginseng as being potentially one of the most useful devices, particularly to resist the ravages of ageing.
0: And you are FM's Health Naturally. Dennis Stewart here with us and very happy to take David's call from Hinton. David, um, you'd like to know a bit about the recommended daily vitamin, in- daily vitamin intake. Yeah, look,
1: that, it would have been an interesting topic because um, my immediate response with reference to any vitamin intake would be that unless there's an extraordinary need for a particular vitamin to be prescribed in what might be called uh, an unusual or elevated dosage, as sometimes happens with vitamin C, the the best um, advice would be, in taking vitamins and minerals generally, make sure that you're taking them within what's called the the, the recommended daily dose. Um, Some people think that the more the vitamins and supplements you take the healthier you'll naturally become and this is unfortunate because this is not so for every vitamin particularly there's a recommended uh, daily dose so to speak which basically says if you take that vitamin you'll have conveyed to you a healthy uh, useful dosage to support general health uh, that's what i would have said now there are situations where It could be recommended by a health professional that a particular vitamin might be taken in a dose, if you like, outside or more elevated from the uh, RDA dosage, as say with elevated dosages of vitamin C in the context of immune enhancement. But that's not usual. And again, I say to listeners, uh, with every natural supplement, work within the recommended uh, claims and dosages. Taking more is not necessarily better.
0: Ah, yes, that's always important, mm. isn't it, to I remember? I think it is. Yes. Well, thank you for the question anyway, David. We did if that we... well, David. Yeah. You <laughs> dropped
1: out, but we dropped in on you. <laughs>
0: yeah, there we go. Now, um, you've had a couple of interesting experiences oh, yeah, yeah, recently, yeah, yeah, Dennis. Yeah.
1: Look, I really have. Um, uh, one of them in particular uh, started it off at this stage of uh, my life, and I'm going through a lot of things, uh, and one of them presently is working with my... Uh, grandson Joshua, uh, who comes up and helps me uh, one day a week um, go through my library. And recently I came across a book entitled An End to Aging, uh, Remedies for Life Extension, by the British uh, doctor of pharmacology and gerontologist, Dr. Stephen Fulda. Uh, quite an eminent man, an academic, but also a, a wonderful believer and expo- an exponent in the way in which ageing and syndromes associated with ageing can be resisted as a result of lifestyle changes, some of which we've mentioned on this program, but in particular by supplements which have stood the test of time in traditional cultures and in fact are being used still in those traditional cultures as almost necessary agents to take to maintain health and resist many of the ravages of ageing. And one of those herbs he takes up in great detail in this remarkable book is ginseng, Panax ginseng or Korean ginseng. And I read the book again and haven't been able to put it down even though I lectured from it many, many years ago. And it confirmed everything that I've said and believed about ginseng and have spoken about on this program previously, but confirmed it that the discovery and rereading of Fulda's book encourages me to say that particularly people like myself, who are getting on a bit, that's all I'll say, getting on a bit, um, in my opinion, amongst all the supplements, amongst all the health recommendations out there, particularly pertaining to maintaining health and trying to get through uh, old age, if you like, in a better state, and also perhaps even improving your life expectancy, of all things, I come back to the point and say that Korean ginseng, based on Fulda's work, is almost an irrefutable tonic remedy, particularly for the elderly, to maintain their health and to promote, if you like, a better health profile and perhaps even see an extension possibility to life. So after reading the book, I said to my dear wife this morning, I have to take up ginseng again, a herb, by the way, that I regularly, almost on a daily basis, prescribe to many of my patients, particularly uh, elderly or mature patients, a herb which I take myself. um, And I'm sure it has encouraged uh, me to get uh, to 99 years of age. Uh Uh, But that's the sort of... Amazingly (laughs) good for 99. that's, that's, That's the sort of herb it is. So... Um, it needed to be mentioned today at a time when we are looking at so many challenges, particularly to elderly people, anything that can be presented from a respectable perspective, particularly from a gerontologist and a doctor of pharmacology, speaking about ginseng, needs to be highly regarded as one of the most useful tonic preparations. And I use that word tonic because it is an important term. Why do we use that term with reference to ginseng? Because ginseng is not a medicine per se. In Chinese history and tradition, it has been seen as a tonic preparation, and by that we mean a preparation that has a non-specific, supportive, and improving effect on all aspects of body functioning. Now, in Western medicine, we've lost that concept. We've lost that concept In the last 200 years or so, medicine has become in the West so particularised, associated with naming diseases, targeting them with specific drugs, and there's nothing wrong with them, that we have lost the other view of helping the human organism, and that is with less non-specific substances that address no particular disease, but rather particularly address the individual and the tonic term is used to describe that sort of remedy a remedy with broad spectrum possibilities that supports the body in all aspects of its functioning i see it i see it in this crisis time in which we in which we're living as almost a necessary appendage to anyone who is seriously thinking of doing something in their older age to help fight the things that will necessarily occur as we get older. Ginseng, in my opinion, probably the most important and highly regarded remedy, coming from thousands of years of tradition, a great tonic remedy understood in the context of traditional medicine as something that supports the body in all aspects of its fight, particularly against disease.
0: I do like the term tonic. Mm. It's, uh, it's lovely, it's isn't an it? An old-fashioned one, it but it says indeed. a lot. It is and indeed. We can still my my use dear
1: it. mother would relate to that very well. I can remember when I was a kid, she used to send uh, me up to the uh, the pharmacist in um, in Adamstown, uh, and uh, usually she, she would say, "Go up and ask uh, Mr. So and So for this red tonic that he would make up." So I'd go up there and uh, sit there for about. 20 minutes while he went behind his mysterious screen and made up a tonic remedy which I'm sure my mother um, relished and and it supported her very much. It's a great pity, a great pity that we've lost the concept of these non-specific remedies that were used popularly even in pharmacy, I I would argue, up until most recent times. Let's hope that we get back to seeing remedies, medications, helping the body not just fighting a particular disease.
0: Health Naturally on to a new RFM. And on Health Naturally, Brooke has rung in from Mayfield, Dennis, to ask you a question. She's got a lot of lethargy around. Now, that's another good word, but it's not Mm. a good feeling, is it, Brooke? Mm. Definitely
1: not. Hello, Brooke. Hello there. How are you? I'm not too badly at all. You've been having some uh, uh, cancer therapy, have you?
2: Um, Not recently. It's been about a year since. I've recently had a hysterectomy due to I'm having severe complications from all of the the chemo, the radiation, being sick after having the breast removed. I can't keep food down. mm -hmm. I'm having trouble sleeping. I cough all night.
1: Okay. Well, look, um, it's interesting that you raise this, this, um, Mm -hmm. how can you call it, these spectrum of symptoms and this general sense of being unwell and fatigued after having um, cancer therapy, because it leads me into this second uh, interesting uh, discovery or finding or observation that I spoke about earlier in the program about the way in which ginseng has quite a remarkable effect in helping people get over exactly what you have mentioned. Now let me just give you the, the, an example of of what uh, I, um, well the example I want to talk about, which could apply to you, um, ginseng, because of its general restorative, rehabilitative, and and tonic effect on the human organism, frequently reflects itself in an improvement in appetite, uh, energy in particular, and a general sense of well-being. In other words, they're the sorts of things that ginseng as a tonic remedy is able, due to its tradition and observations, carry or bring about. Now, I have a, a, a very, very long-standing friend. In fact, I have many long-standing friends. But this, this one in particular is a dear friend to my uh, dear wife and myself. Um, uh, and he, in recent times, the dear man um, has undergone uh, quite a lengthy period of uh, chemotherapy for his particular cancer condition. Uh, And uh, like yourself, to use the the colloquial expression, it knocked him about. And we have been very, very concerned about our dear friend for quite some time because of his loss of weight, uh, his incredible fatigue, uh, his depression, and his uh, what I might call lack of vitality, and I love that uh, vitality, and we've been concerned. And uh, in in recent times, probably about six months ago, might be a little bit longer. I said to my dear friend, "Look, I'm going to give, uh, bring down to you and give you some ginseng." Now he knows a lot about herbs. He's a, a pharmacist himself, and uh, studied herbal medicine with me many years ago. So he's empathetic and knows a lot about this. A system of natural medication now for about at least six months, he has been constantly using a particular preparation of Korean ginseng, just one a little vial of it per day and when uh, we still visit him fairly regularly, but when we saw our dear friend uh, last weekend, we were stunned by the improvement in his health profile. His weight had been retrieved, his complexion was back to normal. His depression had lifted, and his sense of vitality was just literally amazing. And I said to him, I won't mention names, I said, look, I said, you're radically improved. What do you put it down to? He said, it could only be the ginseng that I have been taking for so long, i.e. about six months. Now, I'm not going over the top. That's a case of recent times, And therefore, I'm encouraged to say to people like yourself and others that have been battered by the necessary chemotherapy or cancer therapy that you must undergo to survive, I say to people like yourself, for goodness sake, don't overlook the possibilities associated with the tonic capacity of Korean ginseng to improve the general health of the body, to recuperate the immune function and to promote a sense of vitality. In all cases, let me say, however, uh, if you are still on medication or being monitored by your GP or your oncologist, talk to them about using ginseng. My reading from Fulda's book that I've mentioned today and my understanding of it based on many years of prescribing and recommending is that it is not likely to clash with conventional medicine whatsoever because it is, as I referred earlier, a tonic preparation. And uh, in fact, I'm looking at uh, a quote here from Fulda's book when he explains the way in which the remedy has seen or been seen in, in traditional Chinese medicine. He says the Chinese use it as a general restorative remedy. There's a good term for it, a general restorative remedy to increase strength and stamina, to overcome weakness in old age and convalescence, to restore potency lost through age or trauma, etc., etc. That supports everything that I've said, and I could not go any better this morning than to recommend to you that you seriously take on board what we've said, discuss it with your medical managers. I'm sure there'll be no objection. Try Korean ginseng.
0: Dennis Stewart and Health Naturally on your station to in your R F M, and we're taking your calls. Anne has rung in from Cardiff South. Now, Anne, you'd like to ask Dennis about low cortisol levels, yes?
1: Hello, Anne. How are you? Hello, Dennis. I'm well. Thank course, you. Good. Thanks good. Good. Pleasure. Pleasure. Tell me what uh, what what's happening to you, uh, Anne, with reference to this little problem.
2: So it's actually about my granddaughter who is seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Who um, who's had some uh, pathology recently, and uh, it's come back that she has low cortisol levels, and I'm not sure, you know, where to go with this from a natural perspective.
1: Okay. Uh, Has she uh, the, the diagnosis was done by her GP or a specialist?
2: Uh, specialist paediatrician.
1: Okay, and what what symptoms has your granddaughter been been showing?
2: So symptoms. I mean, she's she's quite a hyperactive child. Yes. She has hyper uh, flex, hyperflexibility yes. and developmental coordination disorder. Okay. So huge issues with her joints, um, her fine and gross motor skills, and her gait, etc., and spatial awareness. Okay. And quite a forgetful little girl, and also she, um, you know, if if she's bitten by a mosquito, she comes up quite raw at the site and okay. has an allergic reaction okay. to the bite.
1: So, now yep. has, has your uh, medical manager suggested she see an immunologist? Uh,
2: not at this point, but I assume that that will be the next, um, the next step in the process.
1: Look, always with these conditions and these findings. It's not appropriate to say too much at a popular level because uh, this is and she's in the ballpark of a paediatrician. My yeah. suggestion would be uh, to pursue and find out what is the pathway of uh, monitoring or how can you call it treatment that might be offered um, to this little girl. Um, if it were an adult with this, I would be suggesting that they. Uh, try the the formulation based on astragalus, and see mm-hmm. it and see it from the point of view of perhaps being uh, immunologically based. And you've heard mm. me, you've heard me talk on astragalus before. I consider it oh, to be a yes. great agent oh, to support mm. all the mechanisms of adrenal function, etc. Um, mm. That would be something that you could raise with your GP or your paediatrician. I would be reluctant to recommend uh, it uh, to be taken by your granddaughter at this stage because you are not or you are not familiar with the uh, pathway that uh, med- medicine might want to take the little girl in, but raise well, it, raise it if there is nothing offered, raise it as perhaps a relatively benign uh, tonic formula that, in my opinion, may benefit that. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate your time. Very thank, much. Thank buddy. you very much. Good. good Thanks good. very much. Okay. Yeah.
0: And thank you for your call. And uh, we're going to go to Morissette now with Maddie. And Maddie, uh, we've talked about fenugreek on this program, we have, we Dennis. Have. So, uh, we're what great would fans. you like to know about uh, fenugreek and its um, properties? Yeah, look,
2: is it um, the best uh, thing to try for uh, cholesterol? Okay. Uh, or is there
1: something else? And obviously, diet is important. Of course. To- Look, fenugreek is, believe it or not, one of the most popularly used uh, foods uh, for address- addressing cholesterol elevation. In fact, um, it is so popular that some overseas pharmaceutical companies have made a concentrate. Of fenugreek, and I won't mention any names, but one of which I used in my practice a number of years ago. That is, if you like extracting fenugreek and reducing the quantity you have to take to get an effect down to a very, Mm -hmm. very small amount. Um, Yes, uh, fenugreek, when taken, let me emphasize, daily Mm -hmm. and in a significant dosage, you would... Not get very much, I suggest by taking half a teaspoonful or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't got in front of me my reference to give you the uh, the crude um, dosage required for fenugreek to to get a cholesterol lowering effect, but it would be in the multiple grams um, I, I again, I don't want to put myself on the line here, but mm-hmm. I've got a feeling it's around about ten to fifteen grams of fenugreek taken daily may assist in helping lower moderately elevated cholesterol levels. Now, don't hold me to that dosage. Um, If you want to ring me at my rooms, I could give you uh, more explicit information, but I suspect it's round about that level. But as a food taken regularly, and it's very economical, you can purchase it in its crude form from your health food store um, very easily. Uh, As an economical... Red, uh, fairly readily uh, taken food substance, uh, reduction of cholesterol, is one of the indica- uh, indications for the herb amongst many other things that it uh, it does as well. I, I might surprise you a little bit here when I say that before the we we used more medical language about cholesterol and its damage, uh, potential damage to the cardiovascular system there was an American nutritionist, um, I guess that's what you'd call it, who, um, who referred for, to, uh, to fenugreek as one of those remedies to treat what he referred to as sludged blood. How do you like that terminology, sludged blood? So it's a, a very crude way, perhaps, of talking about uh, a blood profile that uh, indicates elevated cholesterol levels. Uh, look, I would, I would give it a go. If you can take fenugreek regularly mm-hmm. in a macro dose, you, you are potentially capable of getting a very economic way of reducing your cholesterol levels. And you note I said there an economic way because one of the problems of using a natural medicine approach to help lower cholesterol is that too frequently it's presented as requiring expensive supplements I dissent from that. I, I see that there are other ways that should be looked at uh, from a lifestyle perspective, uh, dietary change, even though the, we can only expect a, a, a moderate benefit from that, uh, the use of fibre, and particularly yeah. Oat bran fibre. Yeah. Try all those simple, well-defined things before you uh, get, if you like, um, into using more expensive things, which at the end of the day may not be appropriate for you. And let me just say, uh, when you are talking about the reduction of cholesterol, uh, all my comments are directed at what I call moderately elevated levels of cholesterol, where these sorts of substances I have demonstrated work well. Where you have a dangerously elevated level of cholesterol, you must abide by the recommendations of your GP or cardiologist.
0: And thank you for your call, Meddy. All the very best with that. And we're heading off to blacksmiths now. Dennis and Deborah's rung in. Now uh, you're about to start chemotherapy, and uh, you've got some concerns. Understandably, I think (laughs) Deborah. Yes, of course. Yes.
1: Hello, uh, Deborah. Um, How you going? I'm good, good, good. Um, You haven't started your therapy yet.
2: Uh, no, I was diagnosed with um cervical cancer in yes, March. Yes. And then um in two weeks ago they done a PET scan and they found a mass in my tummy.
1: Yes. So so, so they're
2: going to um do a biopsy. Yes. And then um chemotherapy.
1: Okay. Well, look I'm you're just worried about it. Look, you you I can understand your worry, but let me just say that um You couldn't be in better hands than what you are presently in with your medical people. The technology and the technique that is used today to manage many cancers is very, very much more improved than what it was decades and decades ago. And my advice to everyone uh, with any cancer that has to be managed uh, medically is to go into it with great confidence and seeing that the outcome... Is frequently an outcome that even surprises the person that went into it, however, yeah. however, yeah. there's always a degree of fear and trepidation, and that should be understood and not and not um, uh, be apologetic about everyone in your situation would be concerned, but I believe that there are a few things that can help uh, in uh, how can I call it certainly your recovery okay. and to overcome any lingering uh, side effects of the therapy, some of which I mentioned earlier, with reference to my dear colleague, talk to your medical managers about using the tonic preparation ginseng as a means of supporting your general health as you move through this period of time. It is not an anti-cancer remedy; that would be foolish to say that. But what it what it has demonstrated itself uh, in the literature. And in my observation with many patients is that it can retrieve, it can restore. That's a lovely term to use. It's a restorative remedy that can help you get back to where you want to be as you move through the therapy or when it's concluded. Now, the ginseng preparations that are available, there are many of them, but the ones that are probably the ones that are easiest to take are the ones that are produced in Korea, which is one of the leading countries now in cultivating and manufacturing ginseng products. And they usually come in a little vial, V-I-A-L, and you break the vial and it contains the ginseng extract. One of those a day uh, is the normal dosage, and that's what my friend has been using for some time. I couldn't see um, how that would upset you, albeit depending upon... Uh, how the stomach functioned and what nature of the surgery was, this is why I'm suggesting you discuss it with your medical managers as a restorative remedy to help you, if you like, overcome the lingering side effects associated with what you may have to go through. This is Health
0: Naturally on to a new RFM. We're taking your calls. And Robin from Toronto, now, you've got something that's dear to Dennis's heart. Uh, itchy skin you have. Yes, um, my husband. Ah, oh, your husband. Hello,
1: Robin. With, with, reference to your, with reference to your husband and his itchy skin, um, what diagnosis has been given to it, Robin?
2: Oh, none really. We just use the um, the Cetaphil moisturiser okay, and the okay. So,
1: okay, so it's it's not it's not a, it's not an eczema or a dermatitis.
2: I don't think so. Okay,
1: um, and your your doctor has had a look at it and has not considered it uh, to warrant seeing a dermatologist.
2: No, he didn't suggest that.
1: Okay, how long has your husband been battling with this? Oh, a few months now. Okay. Okay, a few little... Th- is your husband on uh, much medication? Uh, yes, he's had a
2: few strokes,
1: so... Okay. the The only reason I'm asking that is that sometimes, and only sometimes, the medication we take uh, can cause uh, itch conditions. And it's always one of the first things I suggest uh, to people when they present with this is that they have a talk with their doctor or their pharmacist and see if there is anything in their uh, kit of supplements or medications that is likely or capable of precipitating its conditions. It's not not always so, but your pharmacist is well qualified to look at the uh, medications you're taking and give you an opinion as, as to whether or not they could be associated with it, principle number one. The second uh, thing is, with itch conditions, uh, there are ways and means of alleviating the itch and making it more bearable at what we call a topical level. Now, all my life I have uh, battled with eczema and know a little bit about itch and irritability. And I have found, and I pass this on to not only you but to listeners, that some of the old-fashioned approaches that alleviate the itch um, are quite beneficial. Now, you've mentioned um, moisturizers. I think moisturizers are excellent, but more appropriate, I suggest, for what you might call just dry, itchy skin, where dryness is the dominant symptom and where the itch itch is a byproduct of it. Moisturizers, those which have mentioned, can be very effective there, but where the itch is associated with that and perhaps other factors, allergenicity or eczema or a form of dermatitis, the, there are two supplements or two chemical constituents, again, which are, in my opinion, not used as much as they should be and not scripted as much as they should be, and they are uh, menthol and pine tar. Now. They are two very well-known pharmaceutical substances and very safe. Uh, menthol is usually combined with pine tar in various pharmaceutical preparations. Menthol cools. The pine tar alle- alleviates the itch. It's what's called an antipruritic agent. So what I'd be doing first up is going to a compounding pharmacist, talking to him about is there anything in in my husband's drug routine that could be doing it. Secondly, uh, can he recommend or formulate for you a preparation to try that can be applied topically that will cool and alleviate the itch? A preparation incorporating menthol and pine tar.
0: And all the very best with that. Thank you for your call, Robin. And Karen has rung in from Ellamore Vale, and Karen. Uh, problems on... Sorry, this is Jenny, isn't it? Yes. Jenny from Maitland. Let's talk to you. Uh, and we're going back to a topic that a previous caller brought mm. up, and that is fenugreek yes. and cholesterol, good, yes? Good.
1: Hello, Jenny.
0: Yeah,
2: hello, Dennis. Um, just
1: a quick question. Yes. Uh, with the, um, the
2: cholesterol lowering effect of the fenugreek, does that work on the total cholesterol or does it specifically target the low-density lipoprotein?
1: Look, my understanding, and again, I haven't got um, references in front of me here, but my understanding is that it has a reflection on the total lipid chemistry, if you like. So um, low density, high density, total cholesterol, I would expect, um, due to the popularity of this product, fenugreek, even at the pharmaceutical level, that it it would have benefit across the board. Um, okay. the, the good thing about it is that it is, as I come back to this point, inexpensive uh, and yes. in my opinion would be worthwhile giving a go. Let your doctor know what you're doing or watch it through the blood yes. tests that your doctor would reg- regularly give. I'd say go on to it for about three to six months and by that period of time you should be able to note just what uh, impact it's had on your okay. uh, on your levels. Give it a go. All right, Sam. Thank you very much okay, for your time. Good on you. Okay. And
0: thank you, Jenny. Uh, Eleanor Vale, no, and Karen. Karen. Yes, yes, we've got Karen. Hello, Karen. is that Karen? It is. And could you just turn your or move away from your radio? We're getting an echo. Okay, is that better? That is much better. <laughs> now, your question for Dennis is something to do with the scalp. Yes. Yeah. Hello. Karen. I, hello how are you, Dennis? Good, good. Good. That's
2: good. Glad to hear you're well. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Now, I was listening mainly to your your ginseng that you are recommending for people. Is that good for everyone or um, just people that are virtually dealing with cancer problems?
1: That's a very sensible question. Let me just say, look, it is used by everyone, if you like. But generally speaking, it's for people that uh, have a health profile that is poor, where there is loss of weight, Uh, lack of appetite, um, where the nervous system is very fragile, where they might be depressed. Uh, Persons at any stage, but particularly elderly people, would benefit uh, from uh, ginseng for those symptoms. So generally speaking, it can be used uh, by anyone. In fact, it's a supplement, if you like, that's even used, according to Fulda, um, for military purposes in the Chinese army, It, according to Fulda, has been used as a supplement uh, to promote um, vitality and overcoming um, wounds and things like that. Having said that, and I want to emphasize this, my interest and my um, referring to it is mainly to do with a supplement to be used by people that are, if you like, uh, getting old, uh, where it is used as as an agent to hopefully resist Uh, many conditions that elderly people fall prey to. I believe strongly in that. It is also something to be used, as I've said, for people battling health crises, uh, particularly medical procedures, where I believe it supports the body and its vitality. A general supplement but used particularly in the areas that I've referred to.
0: Now, haven't we had mm. a lot of really good comments oh, about great. ginseng and a lot of, a lot of an example of the conditions uh, that look, it can a, be applied it, it, to? It, it,
1: I'm so pleased we've had the response because I know we've touched on it before, but uh, this today was very, very important. My rediscovery of Fulda's book, The End to Aging, and my discussion with my friend and his remarkable recovery taking Korean ginseng.
0: Fantastic, Mm. Dennis. And that's Health Naturally for today. See you again next Friday.
2: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.